0: Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. And my name is Dr. Andrew Trisida from Somerset CCG. And I'm Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and CCG Mental Health Lead. Peter, it's great to be with you again. And here we are, all of us at the moment, many of us remote working, many of people in society remote working, a few people going back to, to various venues. How's it been for you, the online working? Well,
1: It's interesting because I know you've chosen uh, today's topic and the implication is that 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 is a negative thing for a lot of people. Personally, I found a lot of positives and uh, where I happen to live in the the depths of West Somerset, getting across to Yeovil takes an hour and a half. So it it means that you can be at a meeting within 10 minutes instead of um, having a three hour round round trip. Um, yes. But I, I know there
0: are a lot of downsides. So what What about you? Well, so our title, and I forgot to say that at the start for our listeners, I think it'll you'll have picked it up there, is Zoomed Out and uh, Zoomed Out, What's Zapped or Teams Fatigue. So um, it's really quite a change. Um, and I think many of us have, have been very pleased not to have to commute and and certainly fight through traffic. And uh, here we are in Somerset, and there are major challenges at Junction 25 at the moment. So um, we're very pleased not to have to be battling, battling through there. But it's, it's odd. I mean, the first few weeks of the the pandemic, um, the first few months, we've all been busy and working hard. And there are three phases to any crisis. And the first phase phase of is, is, is extra activity and energy. And then we regress into a flatter state of of, of of not inertia but um, sometimes disillusionment and difficulties and then finally we readjust and as so I think for the online working for me I was very excited like you to start with and, and certainly it's allowed me to do lots of things I never dreamed possible and it's been really great to be able to continue to work and to meet up with colleagues and to have meetings Uh, Not just with colleagues from Somerset, but colleagues from around the country and indeed further.
1: Absolutely. It's strange, isn't it, that we've talked about this for so many years um, and it's suddenly been thrust upon us and we've all had to learn to cope with the technology,
0: which is a struggle to some of us of a certain age. Uh, <laughs> well, I was about to say does it sound as though we are of a certain age? Because I'm sure a number of our listeners who are so- somewhat younger than our average age, Peter, will be thinking, "What are these old guys talking about? Haven't they, haven't they used um, WhatsApp and all sorts of things like that and uh, the, the wonders of instant messaging and video conferencing?" Well, it's
1: it's interesting because we've talked about uh, this in in terms of are we disadvantaging uh, some of our patients and. The assumption is always that older people can't use the technology but actually there's this population of of silver surfers who've become really good at using it and for them in particular in rural areas like somerset where we know that transport is a huge issue uh i'm, I'm hoping that this is going to be something that will continue long after coronavirus
0: is, uh has faded from view I think it's changed society, uh, it's changed our connection to each other and it, it's certainly changed the way some organisations and work and some services are delivered. Do you, will do you think more mental health service um, interventions such as talking therapies and others will come online? Well
1: that's certainly at the moment if you have contact with mental health services it's pretty much all done that way um, and, and for a lot of people again if they find it difficult to get out for instance. Uh, that can have advantages but certainly i i don't know about you andrew but i find it really difficult just not seeing people face to face in surgery it it just isn't the same there's something about having that physical contact with people isn't there and picking up on cues that maybe you miss if you're just looking
0: at a face on the screen do you, do you do you find the same absolutely so um I've done some video consultations, but it's not the same. You do miss some cues. I, I've been surprised how good the the person-to-person connection can be, um, despite not knowing knowing the other person before. But, but there are some things that you miss. And of course, physical examination is, is not possible. And, and I think, do you know what? I'm going to have to declare a secret at this point. I I I take a history, I examine appropriately, and then I consider. Um, But I took a hint from an old vet who used to live near us, who used to examine the dogs and the cats very extensively, and he would just say in his Scots accent, aha, 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 as he was examining. And I hadn't realised that he was using examination time not just to gain information, but as thinking time, uh, as well as connection time, of course. And so... uh, one misses that possibility of thinking time uh, when one has to, you know, one's looking, we're we're looking at each other on Zoom at the moment as we're recording, and all video conferencing, you're you're facing a screen and looking at a face or several faces continuously for much longer than we would normally in any social or professional or uh, other interaction. Um, And the other thing
1: about examination, I I think, is that it can be reassuring for the patient to have that trust the laying on of hands is a really important part of, of building up what what can be um, a very close relationship where people have to often disclose very intimate and personal things and and that physical uh examination can can help in building up that intimate
0: relationship i think Uh, I think that's right. I think we have to be careful slightly about what we mean by intimate relationship. We mean close relationship. We're not talking about intimate examinations um, um, in, in any shape or form. But certainly I have heard patients say, well, I wasn't taken seriously with my cough or whatever. He or she didn't listen to my chest. And I have to confess that I have been very rigorous in listening to chess since I was caught out once or twice when I was really expecting to find nothing wrong at all and then one found a, a blizzard of sounds that were completely unexpected, which, of course, is why we examine people, to, to find things that we weren't expecting as well as to confirm what we are expecting. Absolutely. So we
1: missed that. And the other thing that, that people seem to miss um, are the the chats over coffee. And I, 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 I know uh, there have been quite a few... Uh, Zoom coffee mornings for precisely that, so that you can just catch up with these informal chats that happen during the meeting, uh, and that's something definitely that we I, I find I miss.
0: Couldn't agree more. The informality of the conference, uh, the, the, the the contacts that you happen to bump into somebody when you're washing up your teacup or, or or making making a cup of coffee or, or something, or just in the corridor. Those those corridor conversations and Coincidences—they aren't always coincidences. In retrospect, it seems that you know we bump into people and we have a chance conversation, and sometimes that can give us information, give us intelligence, give us uh, suggestions or hints about uh, things that change a whole load of a whole load of um, parameters and, and and happenings in the in the hours and days afterwards. Yep, absolutely. So I, th- I think we miss out on that and. Again,
1: you can get by for a certain length of time, can't you? But you, you you get to a point where you think, actually, it'd be really nice just to have a, a natter over a cup of coffee
0: with somebody. Yeah. And just going to work. There's there's the travelling aspect, but there's not just the travelling in a vehicle or public transport. There's actually walking around. And one of the challenges of what we're doing at the moment, here we are sitting recording, but a lot of people are working remote re- remotely in, in many ways, We are all of us sitting fossilised in chairs, generally, or maybe standing at a desk, looking at one fixed point or a larger fixed point for far longer periods of time than than we we ever would. And I suppose at this point, I'd just like to look at human beings and our design capabilities or our design design, um, needs. We've got muscles, we've got brains, we've got heads, we've got necks, we've got joints, These are all designed to move. They're not designed to to sit um, in one place looking at a screen for a very long time. And I I don't know what you find, Peter, from sitting at a screen for a very long time, but how how is it for you? It's not good. And
1: uh, almost every chat we've had, we talked about the importance of physical exercise for our mental health as well as our our physical health. And as you say, the, the... the temptation is you're just sat down all day. Um, So what advice would you give to people about how often they should get up, have
0: a stretch around, what sort of exercise they should do? Well, um, certainly every hour we should all be getting up and and walking around, maybe for five minutes, but it's so easy to sit fossilised and to forget that you need to go to the loo, forget that you need a drink, forget even to move your arms and legs and um, I hope there isn't a, an increased incidence of, of, of deep vein thrombosis from people sitting at screens for too long. I'm sure there isn't. But um, we bodies are designed to move. So we really ought to get up and move around. And if, if ever you're, you're chairing or organising a meeting, it's a good idea to ask people to, to, to stand up and, and, you know, almost sort of shake their arms or, or move their legs, you know, right foot in, leg foot right. Put your right foot in, put your left foot in, and shake it all about <laughs> to go back to something we probably learnt in our youth. I can't remember which um, which nursery rhyme or that was, but but there's certainly something about attending to physical needs, looking after physical body, really important. Um, otherwise, I'm sure we end up with stiffer spines and stiffer joints than we would have if we were in the normal workplace. When we yes, we walk, we look at screens, but we look around the office. We catch the eye of the person on the desk two away um, and, and exchange a comment about something. We we look out the window. Um, and particularly in video conferencing, when there are a number of people, and, and I've, I've had to help run one or two of these, it's really interesting because you don't pick up the nonverbals of what's happening. You can't really... Sh- you can't really see if everybody's concentrating <laughs> um, or whether they're looking. At, sometimes you can tell that they're actually looking at their emails. So it's, it's, it's really quite interesting. You can't pick up that nuance of, of, of your friend down the far end of the table in the far corner um, who actually needs to say something, but they're, they're often a bit shy. Uh, and it, it's less easy to pick up the nonverbal need when you're online. I don't know if that's a fair comment. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the other issue that a lot of people uh,
1: say to me about is that it means that there's this great blurring between work and home um, because a lot of us for entertainment will look at screens, whether it's television or computer games or, or whatever. Um, so we're kind of doing that uh, in our downtime and now we're doing it on, in our work time uh, as well. Do you have any advice on on how we can make sure that we don't just find ourselves working all day?
0: Um, thank you. That's a really important point, Peter. I think the first thing is to be aware that it can happen. Um, and there are some of us who are very good at boundaries. We, we have precise times when we are in one role and then we, we take off that role and we, we have downtime. I think it's even more difficult if, if we're living in small, air, small spaces and so necessarily our work computer is in our living space or in that space that might be used for relaxation. So we have to be somehow quite rigid about separation um, because it's only too easy with, with emails that go ping on our phones and, and the computer giving us notifications to find that we're actually doing some work at times when we thought we were relaxing. Um, And so I suppose the discipline of boundaries, the discipline of separation, the discipline of having a 15-minute break to get up, to go and make your cup of coffee, to to wash your hands, to do whatever you need uh, and not come straight back, to go to another room, to to walk around, if you're able to go outside, maybe to go outside, Um, is really important. And the meal breaks are actually very important too. I know many of us at times do work through our meal break, but if we're eating, sitting at the computer we've been sitting at for the last three or four hours, and it's in our own home, I think this, is, this works against us, and I'm sure that efficiency drops off. I'm sure we're more efficient for getting up, moving around, moving our muscles, having separation of functions so that we, we know that there is a boundary between this downtime and that downtime, and knowing when it's actually the end of the day to stop work. So I'm, I'm very glad you brought that up. Is there anything you'd add to that? I suppose the other thing for me is trying to keep
1: a space that you use for work that's different from the space you use for relaxing. Now, most people, of course, what are the joys of uh, of all this uh, is that we see into people's homes and, and most people seem to uh, be surrounded by books and I'm never quite sure whether that's because they're being clever and uh, using a space that's a workspace or that they want to be thought of as as particularly clever so they have books in the background um, but I, I think it is genuinely important to try and keep that
0: physically separate space for your work from home What what do you feel? Uh, I, I completely agree. So, any way that one can make the separation, either physically or at least mentally in time. Um, and that could actually involve putting on some clothes, a particular clothes, a particular light of clothing or a badge or whatever, that, that says to you, I'm at work. And then, when you've finished work, changing those so that you have a signal to your subconscious to say, actually, I have switched off because most of us wouldn't carry on working when we've left the factory or left the office. You know, we've gone home and yes, we might do something else, but we don't carry on with the normal, just the continuum of of day job.
1: And I think the point you made about breaks is is a really important one, because it tends to be that meetings uh, for us always seem to last an hour, don't they? So you go straight from one to the other and... uh, Or or everybody, when you see them, when they join the meeting, they've got their their cup of coffee or tea in hand. So we don't actually go away and take a break and stretch our legs and wander around. Uh, Maybe there should be a rule that that meetings should only last 50 minutes, that we always get a a 10-minute break. It's
0: up to it's up to those of us who occasionally share meetings to make sure that we finish on time or have that discipline. Now, just some general tips for, for health at these times. The the five ways to well being, which we can find on the web, they're they're on the Mind website and others, are, are really helpful. Um, and the the five ways to well being are connect, and so we are connecting on screen, so that's great. Um, be active um, and with screens it can stop us being active we can't take the stairs rather than the lift or um, because we may not have either Uh, we have to be disciplined to go for a walk at lunchtime Uh, there's no work to walk to or or get off the bus one stop earlier or have a kick about in the local park and we can take notice but there's less environment to take notice of so we've got up to number three we've got connect be active Take notice. Um, learn is something that the connectivity can help us greatly with. Um, the connectivity doesn't always help with all sorts of social interaction, but it, it can help in, in a number. And learning certainly we know enhances self esteem and encourages social interaction and a more active life. And that can be learning learning a new skill, new, learning a new task, learning something online, learning uh, a hobby, um, doing a crossword or a Sudoku or researching something you've always wanted to learn about. And the final of the five ways is is give. So the more that we give, whether it's in our community uh, or whether it's socially or workplace or to others, the more we're interested in others. um, Giving has a very profound effect on our own well-being. Individuals who report a greater interest in helping others are more likely to rate themselves as happy. So if we exercise our physical bodies, we get out as much as we can into the fresh air uh, and and we connect with other people in, in socially distanced ways or on screens and we give, then those are all very good ways to um, help us keep well. Can I be cheeky and
1: add a sixth? Yes, please. Uh, which is focus. And we talked before about mindfulness and the importance of being in the moment and not going over things that have happened in the past or worrying about what might happen in the future and being aware of what goes on now. And and it seems to me that that one of the ways that we can be more mentally healthy is to give 100% attention to whatever we are doing at that time. And you were mentioning earlier that a lot of people during meetings will be doing emails or looking at other things or uh, it's very easy to pretend that you need to switch your video off to reduce bandwidth, and then you go away and check up your emails and half attend to what's going on. Uh, and I, I think there is a danger from our Zoom economy that we we're never quite focusing on anything. We've always got other stuff. We're checking our social media feeds or whatever. Do. do do you think that's relevant, or would you like to chuck that one out again?
0: I, no, I would certainly agree with that. Focus and attention is really important to whatever we're doing at, at any one time. What are the prob- We have a problem with screens and focus and attention now. Face-to-face involves getting there, travel and physical. In video conferencing, in, in using screens, we've already arrived. We're sitting in our own chair for long periods of time, as, as we were discussing just now. We can see the other person's face and sometimes torso, but rarely the whole person. Each of us, all of us are locked in fixed positions. Um, Our our postures can be fossilised, but very interestingly, we have a different sort of way of looking at people um, using video conferencing, using screens, which actually requires more brain power. So it's actually quite tiring. Um, And eye contact may be prolonged or it may get lost because the camera is set off centre. And interestingly, psychologically, at a deeper level, televisions and screens do have a slightly hypnotic and addictive effect upon our brains. And uh, I'm sure some of us have given our children or or others a screen to divert them or pacify them at times. And this prolonged looking at one place all the time, particularly as another person, is really interesting because in a normal time, uh, in normal social contact um, without screens, prolonged eye contact, face-to-face, has specific social meanings. And I don't know if you know about the four Ps of, of prolonged eye contact, Peter, if you can... No, no, you can So the four Ps of prolonged eye contact, so in, in normal conversation, we may look at the other person, we may look at them in the eye, but most, most people will break contact within... Uh, eye contact within five to ten seconds and then resume it again so there's a a quick flick of the eyes away uh, and then resume contact but the four exceptions are the four p's and these are passion persuasion so passion if we're deeply fond of somebody or in love with them persuasion when we're trying to persuade someone to buy something or to do something pleading as in as in somebody who's very unhappy or very unwell and and desperate for support and predation as mammals we fix our prey with a stare the rabbit is fixed in the headlight or the the fox looks at it and the rabbit freezes and this is unnatural Um, and so there is something deep in our physiology that recognizes that this is unnatural when we're doing it in screens but we don't know why we're being tired and why it's jangling against normal social ways of, of doing things so you know coming back to the advice that we've been sharing make sure your posture is comfortable move frequently stand up and also we often hold tension in the midline so if it's comfortable for you if it if it if, it, if it's um, if your body allows you to swing your arms around not just move forwards and backwards and up and down but swing your arms around um, and even Invite other people to do that in a meeting. Let's normalise being healthy during meetings. Um, Look away from the screen every so often, if you wish. And one thing that stops people being quite so tired is if you switch off the image of yourself because we're not actually used to conversations where we have to see our own face (laughs) generally. We're luckily spared from that. Um, So um, plenty of fluids, meal breaks, Wash your hands and face with cold water if you leave the screen um, It can actually refresh yourself. And this prolonged eye contact that we've been discussing can be exhausting and um, avoid being screen tranced. And as you said uh, earlier, Peter, don't try and multitask despite that seductive ping of the inbox. Interesting. Well, those sound some really practical
1: things to, to help us get through these uh, curious times. And I think I'll take that as a cue to go away and do some, some vigorous uh, uh, exercise for five minutes
0: before our next uh, video conference. What What about you, Andrew? That's that's absolutely great. I think that's a good idea. And and I just w- add a few last words, just for us all to remember that natural our natural our body's natural emotional and physical fluidity is constrained by prolonged posture and tight thinking technology. So what we have to learn to do is to observe and communicate in new ways and look after our bodies in ways that are fluid and natural. Look after our own physiology and help us avoid screen fatigue. And with that, we better go and do our exercises or our arm swings or whatever we're about to do. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, look forward to catching up with you on another occasion. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.